What is up, everybody? We've got a fresh episode of Big Drive Energy coming your way, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We are talking our high school regional golf tournament. We are talking the Fortnite Championship and the People's Champ Max Homer bringing home that dub. And we are talking USA Ryder Cup's team, seeing if they can turn it around this week at Whistling Straits. Let's get into it. And hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Somebody screamed mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to a fresh episode of your favorite podcast, Big Drive Energy. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and our favorite way to be degenerates all week long. I am your co-host at Big Drive Spence, and I'm here with my brother at Big Drive Mitch, co-host, co-coach. Um, we were explaining this to the guy that came in today at a meeting at the Valley of Fun, talking about all the different things we do together, and he's like, wow, oh, that's really cool, and you know what? Most of the time, unless you're being an asshole, it's it's pretty cool. So, what's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. We uh, we're kind of down the home stretch of our golf season. We just finished up regionals, like we said in the intro for high school golf. We just had our men's and women's club championships, and we actually so out at the Valley of Fun, we do a Ryder Cup and Solheim Cup style um, match setup uh, the next few weekends where we take the points when we do a year long points race and the points winners from the year qualify and Spencer and I go out and play with them. Um, Spencer won't be here for the Solheim cup. So another one of our pros is coming out, but Spencer and I are playing against each other in the Ryder cup. And it's always a few fun couple of weekends. And so I'm trying to rush to get my golf game back in shape. I'm playing once this week and once next week, I think so. I'm really overloading on the golf playing back-to-back weeks like that of 18 holes. I don't know if my body can physically handle it, but I'm trying to get everything back in shape to uh, hopefully whoop Spencer's ass at the, uh, what is it, 6th or 7th annual Ryder Cup, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, the the Keith's Cup, actually, and we started started calling it that because a gentleman from Scotland, Ireland, Ireland. He was from Scotland. Okay, yeah. so he, he's from Scotland, and he brought this whole this whole cup idea to the Valley of Fun. And we'll talk about this a little later when we get into talking about the Ryder Cup, but it's truly amazing how many Europeans play this style of golf and really get into the Ryder Cup and playing the U.S. and playing four ball and playing foursomes versus just playing individual ball like we talked about last pod. but 
this guy brought this whole idea to Spring Valley that we should do a points race and we should have qualifiers and captain's picks and all this. So basically exactly like the Ryder Cup, just the skill level is a lot, a lot lower. And the golf course is not quite as good as the one we're going to talk about today in Whistling Straits up there in Kohler, Wisconsin, which I don't think I've ever mentioned, but I have played there before. So we may get yeah, into have that. You, have you played there before, Spence? I forgot. <laughs> fucking fuck well off. we're actually we're actually just going to use actually <laughs> we're going to use a little bit of his insight on the golf course and i mean it's it's not the end all be all opinion but he has played there so we can kind of make a rough idea of who's going to fit what game and i mean i i don't general we'll talk about it later but i don't generally love the fact that this is being played right next to the water, almost like you feel like you're over in Scotland or Ireland or England or wherever, but it usually doesn't bode well for us when it's uh, cold, windy conditions, you know, and, and that's how the Ryder Cups always are. So we'll see if, see if the Americans can grow a sack and somehow go out there and beat that tough European tour team that seems to, seems to bully us every single year, but Anyways, let's first of all, um, let's see how Spencer's doing. What, what's up, brother? What's going I'm, on? I'm doing good, my guy. Like you said, golf season's about over. Uh, days are still pretty long, and we still got a lot to do, but we're on the home stretch to where uh, we can make this a, a focus and do a lot more DNVR stuff. We got a lot of great content videos coming from you, for you guys, and make sure you always follow our TikTok I think one of the most like humbling things and uncomfortable things is the random ass high school kids that we get at the Valley of fun that always comment on our TikTok, And And also the 60 year old, the 60 year old dudes, like there's no in between. I swear to God. Yeah. We get 60 year old guys that come in here. I had a guy setting up a tournament and he was emailing me and just, just being a giant pain in the ass. Like a lot of people that set up tournaments are, they don't really know what they're doing, which is fine, but then they don't get back to me until like, and actually while I'm thinking about this, that kind of reminds me, we have a tournament on Thursday that I haven't, I haven't even talked to the guy about anything. So that'll be fun tomorrow, but uh, we'll, we'll wake up and figure that one out in the morning. And it's, this guy was like, yeah, I'm sorry for all the emails, man. I know it's fucking annoying. And I, I just don't really know what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, it's totally fine. He's like, he looks at me kind of with a serious face and goes, this is going to end up on one of your TikToks, isn't it? And I was like, holy shit, that's wild. Uh, we got, we're, we're reaching the masses with, with the talk game and we're not showing our titties, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. We don't even have only fans yet. We should try to monetize this somehow. I don't, I don't know if it'd necessarily be me on camera unless we got some chubby chasers out there, but I, I think Spencer would probably be doing some feet picks. I'd probably be our first option. Oh, big, big feet picks guy. Although <laughs> this, my current Your foot, feet are disgusting. My current <laughs> foot situation would say that it's probably my feet are probably foot, off, the, off the market for a few more weeks. <laughs> your foot's more likely to be featured on Dr. Pimple Popper or some shit than it is only fans. Yeah, that, that's accurate. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, so we're going to talk real quick about our high school golf team. If you haven't heard, if you haven't listened, Spencer and I coach Elizabeth high school, um, out in the fucking boonies. If you don't know where that is, 
It's about 45 minutes southeast of Denver, about 45 minutes, actually 45, 50 minutes from the Springs and 45, 50 minutes from Denver. So kind of right in between, like if you take Castle Rock and you go 15, 20 minutes east, that's where we're at. Uh, and nobody really knows where that is. So, but we both went there in high school to kind of come a little bit of full circle. So we're now coaching our high school golf team and we just had regionals last week at Murphy Creek, um, out in Aurora, which is generally the worst place in Colorado, but, uh, Aurora, uh, Murphy Creek wasn't much different than that. It was windy as shit. It was about 55 degrees, maybe, the kids were freezing their bag off. I, t- I texted them all the night before. I was like, hey, pack your warm clothes. It's going to be cold. And only one kid showed up in shorts, so I kind of felt like I did my job. We had 75% of the kids show up in pants, which was – and only – I think all of them had jackets, which was shocking. So that was a win for me. I felt like just as an adult, the fact that not only – it's like, you know, when they tell you on the airplane to secure your – your uh, oxygen mask before helping others. It's like the fact that I got my jacket and I also told them to bring their jacket. That was like, I'm, I basically felt like an adult for five minutes. Um, But they, they played fairly well for the conditions. It was blowing about 30 to 40 miles an hour, give or take. Uh, It would sometimes calm down to 10 to 15, but the conditions are tough. And if you've ever played Murphy Creek, you know, that basically all the holes either run north or south. And in Colorado, there's very, very rarely a wind that doesn't run north or south. So they were either downwind or into the wind all day. And I was like, just stick it out when you're into the wind and try to make holes up when you're downwind. So uh, Parker and Caden, big shout out to them. They ended up qualifying. Neither of them really played their best golf. But I feel like in that kind of situation, it's very rare that kids, especially kids in high school, that their golf games really shine. And I, it kind of goes across the board for all golfers in tournaments. You know, if you're not super familiar with tournaments or even if you play in a lot of tournaments, but you play in like one tournament that's much more serious than the normal tournament that you play in, it's going to be really tough to play good golf. So, uh, Spencer, what did you think of their performance yesterday? Yeah, I thought it was overall fairly impressive considering the conditions. Like you said, there wasn't a lot of kids that went low. No kids shot under par. Um, And a lot of these kids, especially the Kent Denver kids, are out there firing super low numbers all the time. So um, I was impressed overall. Them and their their Cherry Hills memberships out there at Kent Denver must suck to be them. Yeah, it's got to be a real rough scene out there practicing at the Cherry Hills range (laughs) next to John Elway and guys like that. But no, overall, I mean, all that matters in regionals, like who cares if you win your regionals? Like nobody cares about that. That's like, you know, once you once you win a divisional playoff game and then you make it to the Super Bowl, nobody cares whether you won a divisional playoff game. Like nobody cares if you won your NFL division. Uh, At the end of the day, it's, you know, who can win state and who can play the best in state. So overall, I'm not I wasn't thoroughly impressed with how they were playing. Given the conditions, I wanted to give them a little bit of, of a break. I feel like we could work on putting for the f- entire hour and a half practice every day, and it would never get better. It's like they have absolute seizures every time that they step <laughs> onto the flat, the, the putting surface. But all in all, yeah. we had we had two kids make it three years ago. We had none. So, and we've grown. We've gone to one. 
And then last year we had two. And this year we had two again. And we also had a kid that probably was going to make it to state, end up cutting his finger open, crazy midnight knife story. Nothing bad. Nothing (laughs) Nothing violent. He was just eating red meat. Yeah, I don't I make it sound way worse than it really was, but he ended up not being able to play in regionals. So pretty unfortunate situation for him. Uh, because I definitely think he was gonna make it too, especially considering that 89 got into a playoff there for a, a spot and 88 was safely in. Thank God for Caden, because if 88 wasn't in and we had to wait for a playoff, it would have been an even longer day than it already was. Tea time start, idiotic move by uh, the golf course. I get why they wanted to do it. Uh, but talking Chassa, Colorado High School Activities Association, for those of you that don't know, into that was an unfortunate deal because having a shotgun where everybody finishes around the same time makes it much, much easier for playoff circumstances than having a kid that could have teed off at 930 play in a playoff against a kid that teed off at 1130. So overall, I'm pleased that we get two kids into state with state being at spring Valley. I feel like it resets the resets their minds and allows them to just go play a golf course that we mess around on that they both work on all the time. So I feel really good about us going into the state tournament with the two players we have and the experience that they have now playing in another regional with a little bit of pressure. Now state's going to be a lot more pressure but it's going to, a lot's going to be taken off of them having it be at a course that they've played a bunch. So I'm feeling better about that for sure. And I feel like we got in a couple kids and now we don't have to sit at the state tournament as the pros of our golf course and not watch any of our kids play. That would have been a real downer. Yeah. Very big disappointment, but yeah, just real happy for those kids. Congratulations to them. Uh, and what's kind of wild is their dads have been buddies for forever, Caden and Parker's, and they, they've been playing golf. They, they used to play a lot of golf together before actually Caden Parker were born uh, like 20 years ago, and now both of their kids are going to high school together, playing in state together. So pretty cool moment for both of them, super stoked, and uh, can't wait to see how they do at state. Yeah, Parker's dad was cracking me up. We were walking around with him at regionals and kind of asking him how Parker's doing because at regionals, we drove around in the same cart together, which was a blast and ate glizzies together and fries on the turn when it was too cold and let the kids freeze and walk out there by themselves. But, uh, Caden or Parker's dad, who was out there, we asked him how he was doing compared to his foursome. And he's like, Oh, he's crushing all these kids. I told him to get a side bet going. Yeah, his dad likes to gamble on the golf course. His uncle was out there trying to coach him illegally, like bird dogging him, walking right next to him. Like, hey, Mike, you got to back the fuck up a little bit. Like, you're going to get in trouble. You're not his coach. Uh, but, yeah, they definitely like to gamble out on the golf course. It kind of runs runs with the game of golf, and, and Parker would have definitely taken some scratch off those kids. He did play with three freshmen, and none of them really knew what was going on on the golf course. So that was a little bit of a challenge for Parker and he actually kept his cool fairly well and hung in there and didn't get upset. So uh, I was, I was pretty impressed with Parker. Caden's got a little mental work to do. He's, he's an absolute basket case coming down the last few holes and every subsequent 10 minutes afterwards when he's like, am I in, am I in, am I in? Are you sure? Are you sure? 
I was like, dude, I'm about, I, I just need to go eat PF Chang's and go home and <laughs> drink six Tito's and sodas. Like, just dude, shut re- the fuck up. I've refreshed this page a million times. Nothing's changing. And yeah. his, da- his dad was also telling us that he was down a thousand dollars in a match at one point, you know, funny stories about gambling on the golf course, never get old, but I can tell you guys how you're not going to be a thousand dollars down. And that's by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook using that promo code DNVR, because guess what? This week, DraftKings is giving you a can't miss offer. All you have to do is bet $1 on any NFL football game this week, and you get $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Uh, football season is right is not around the corner. It's here. It, we're week two. Broncos are 2-0. and oh. The city of Denver is going to be lit this Sunday for the, the home opener. I cannot wait. And DraftKings is bringing you a new game this year, which they finally got on the train with. We're so stoked about the same game parlay. And unfortunately this week I have, I always do a same game parlay on a Broncos game when I'm watching it, because I like to pick seven or eight different bets. And instead of making them all individually and losing a ton of money, I like to put them into a same game parlay. So you click that the game you want on the, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app in the NFL game, flip that same game parlay button over to on. And you can pick all a bunch of, you can pick a bunch of different picks from the same game for a bigger payout. And this week I went six for seven in my Broncos same game parlay. I had the Broncos money line. I had the under, I had Noah Fant scoring a touchdown. I had Javante Williams over in rush yards. I had Cortland Sutton over in receiving yards and I piggybacked on Noah Fant twice and went his over in receiving yards, which he missed by 15 cost me a, I believe 65 to one parlay. So pretty unfortunate situation for me, but DraftKings Sportsbook is not an unfortunate situation for you. It makes gambling fun. It's safe, secure, and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw the cash whenever you want. So you need some money to pay off your credit card. You click in, you click withdraw. I don't, I'm not too familiar with this scenario because I haven't really done it. Um, but download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you place a single dollar bet on a NFL football game this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions do apply. New customers only as well. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, Parker's dad, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's talk a little Fortinet championship. I don't know if it's Fortinet. It could be Fortnite. It could be Fortinet. If it's French. Is it, is it unfortunate? Unfortunate? <laughs> it was unfortunate for our guy, Jim Canals. So why don't you talk about Jim and kind of his story growing up in the game of golf and where he comes from and the fact that he shot a unfortunate, unfortunate 74 on Sunday to uh, end up losing to the people's champ, a guy that we all like. He rose swings on Twitter, Max Homa. Yeah. So, well, I think we've talked about Jim Canals before, but he's a local Colorado kid. He grew up um, on the Western slope and he's also a, um, some would call a genius. I mean, I don't know. I guess I might just be a dumbass, but he went to school mines. Everybody knows if you're from Colorado, that's probably the toughest school to get into in Colorado. Uh, you got to be pretty fucking smart. And so he went there and played golf. Um, 
very good player all throughout college, and he was always grinding. One of our old coworkers was actually his teammate at School Minds, and he's like, yeah, I was always going to parties, and, and Jim was always either doing homework or working on go- his golf swing. So that's why he's on the PJ Tour now, and he also has an engineering degree. So I think he would be just fine if he got kicked off the tour um, or, or didn't make his card next year, but it looks like he's going to. Um, with his T11 start this last week at the Fortinet Championship up in Napa Valley. Uh, but yeah, he, he grew up on the Western Slope, went to School Mines, local Colorado guy, and he has worked his way up. I want to say he's in his early 30s now. He's not a young dude, but for most people, for most guys at least, um, and girls, working your way up to the tour is not an overnight thing. He just got his tour card this last year. And like I said, he's in his early 30s. It's not like he popped out of college and all of a sudden he's winning on tour. You know, for 99% of tour players, that is not the case. There is a a random handful of ultra-talented, ultra-gifted guys like Tiger, like Scotty Scheffler, like Sam Burns. Um, There's so many. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. Exactly. I mean, you can maybe name 10 to 15 on a tour of 250 to 300 guys. And those are the 300 best players in the world. So it's very rare to see a kid come out of college, especially a D2 school like Colorado School Mines, as good as they are at golf and perennial contenders in their conference. Um, he is he is a D2 graduate. He's not a, a big D1 program guy. And I can say firsthand, I've hit balls next to him on the range and I don't think I've, I've hit 10 shots in my life as straight as he hit every single ball on that fucking driving range. Like, I could have sworn he had a remote in his pocket just controlling what the ball did. And like, okay, it's going to go here. It's going to go here. And I almost just wanted to sit down and just watch him and just be done hitting balls. So I was like, this is much more satisfying than me beating myself up over hitting it all over the fucking yard out here. And I just want to watch a, a real nice uh, ball striking clinic. So Congrats to Jim Canales, obviously, for being on tour, but he was tied for the lead going into the, the final round this last week. So I want to say that's that's probably the highest position. Well, it's definitely tied for the highest position he's ever been in um, going into the weekend because you can't be really any higher than the leader – or going into Sunday, I'm sorry. But congrats to him on the the nice start to the next PJ Tour season. We really haven't touched on it a whole lot. It's, it's kind of off-season events. Um, a lot of the guys – a lot of the bigger names are either playing in the Ryder Cup or they're kind of taking their little break uh, for four to six weeks to get ramped up again for the Tournament of Champions that's happening. I guess that's a while from now. That's like, what, 14 weeks from now? So that's that's still a ways out. But um, a lot of their guys, these guys are taking breaks now. The fields aren't quite as strong. But still big congrats to him, local Colorado boy on – uh, really defying the odds, being a D2 player and getting out there on tour and to see him at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday, I was like, damn, that's super cool. So uh, like we've said a million times, golf is, if it's your dream, never quit grinding. You never know when you're going to make it. And and Jim has turned that dream into reality. So big, uh, big congrats to him. Yeah, awesome start for him starting the next FedEx Cup points race but an even better start for the people's champ max homa 
rocking that mustache, extremely perverted, not very Italian at all for <laughs> uh, Max Homa and that mustache kind of looking like you over there. Uh, I've got a little bit of a beard going. I don't know. I, I considered shaving it, but um, yeah, the mustache, like I'm just feeling like the fall mustache vibe. I um, Maybe I can go creep some kids out at Halloween. I don't know. I don't even think mustaches are really creepy anymore. I don't get it. Um, I don't get the whole deal surrounding mustaches, but uh, yeah, Max looked awesome. He played awesome. That putt on 18 was fucking clutch. Uh, and it just goes to show you, like, he kind of catches a lot of shit on the internet for being that guy that's better at the internet than he is at golf. And I want to say that was his third PGA Tour win, maybe his second, but to be a multiple winner on the PGA Tour um you don't fuck around you know golf ain't no hobby for you uh, in the words of kevin kisner so you know as much as max loves to take it on the chin and joke about his golf game on twitter and say he sucks and blah 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 he's fucking top notch all world at the game of golf and always fun to, to hear what he has to say in the interviews and you could visibly see how pumped up he was um on that putt on the 18th that he hold to win it and it kind of goes to show you too that as much as he is self-deprecating and laughs at himself on twitter and all over social media he really takes it very seriously as much as people want to talk shit about him and be like oh he's just fucking around like he's just messing having fun on on social media and doesn't really take golf seriously but he wanted that he wanted that bad and I, I respect the hell out of that. So real big congratulations to him. It's, it's always fun to see a guy like that. Oh, yeah, he won at Riviera earlier this year, did he not? I believe um, he did. Di yeah, different season, but uh, same calendar year. So uh, multiple winner this year, this calendar year. So big shout out to Max Homa. Um, always fun to see a guy like that get the dub. Yeah, he finished out. Uh, so he made bogey on 15 on Sunday. And I believe was at that point was two shots off the lead with three holes to play. He proceeds to Eagle the par five 16th and birdie the par five 18th, which that's takes stones. Absolute full on coyones, coyones, coyones. Oh my God. Cajones. No coyones. That's what Vic Lombardi calls it. The, legend, oh my God. the Denver legend coyones. Okay. Coyones. Good God. Yeah, he's definitely Italian. He's not fucking Spanish. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Max Homo with the big Coyones, the massive size of the church bell Coyones rolling into this weekend, finishing four or three under on his last four holes to get the or three holes. I'm sorry to get the job done. So, uh, yeah, super happy for that dude. He's a blast to watch. Even more fun to follow on Twitter. If you haven't, uh, shoot him a video of your swing and be prepared to get shit on. But you send the DNVR golf bros your swing, uh, DNVR underscore golf. We'll probably just give you some good tips and basically give you a free lesson on social media. So uh, shameless plug for our Twitter account. But for real, we're a lot nicer on Twitter than than Max Homo. We, we don't quite have the clout to be a complete dick to anybody. So you never know if one day – we have hundreds of thousands and millions of followers. I'll probably definitely talk shit about your golf swing, but for now we'll just be, we'll keep it boilerplate. We'll be nice and we'll just help you with your golf swing. So yeah, take advantage, take advantage and shoot those over to us. 
with our 1,024 followers, I think we'll keep it on the lighter side and try to help people with their golf game and continue to grow it. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't think we should quite chase people away yet. <laughs> I don't think we're, <laughs> we're that, that tier is, is a little bit away from us. So we're, we're, I don't think we shouldn't, I don't think we should intentionally piss people off and turn them off of our brand. Um, we probably have, but it's been unintentional. So <laughs> there's a big difference there. Yeah. If you've ever been turned off of our brand, it's been completely unintentional by us. Uh, we do try to grow the game of golf. We're trying to grow the game of golf in Colorado, uh, trying to grow the game of golf with junior kids and and getting more kids into the game and making the game more fun in general, which guys like Max Homa do, you know, if you would have seen, it, it would have never happened, but if somebody in the 1960s or seventies would have came out and on video started roasting random people's golf swings, like I said, I get the internet wasn't there. That's not my point. It, it would have been like blasphemy for everybody around like, Oh, you're not supposed to act like that. You're not supposed to talk like that. But instead you got some, some guy that's, you know, mid twenties, funny kid enjoys backlash and going back and forth with fans on Twitter, which he may be in the running for uh, making that bonus that we talked about earlier in the year with the, the social media engagement and the PGA tour, but he's He's rocking a just disgusting caterpillar right in the center of his face and he goes out and wins a PGA tour event and then goes on Twitter and just has a blast afterwards. So it's really showing that while golf is a grind and being a professional golfer and winning on the PGA tour is nearly impossible because it only happens once a week. Um, it is to, to really, one human being on this earth. Yeah. There's one human being on this earth that wins a PGA tour event weekly pretty impressive stuff to see from Max Homa and, and just a good guy to, you know, he's not, you don't hear a lot of people talking shit about Max Homa on the PGA tour. If any, I've never heard a bad word said about the dude, like unlike some other guys on the Ryder cup team, which we are going to get into right now. Um, the Ryder cup is back. We've had three years off. Normally it's only a year. Uh, well, a calendar year yeah. skipped and then so two full years, but, Due to COVID last year, they had to skip the Ryder Cup, much like a lot of things in our lives that we lost last year. Hopefully no family members out there for any of you listening, family members, friends, etc. But we lost the Ryder Cup, but it's back now at Whistling Straits, Kohler, Wisconsin. Absolutely incredible venue and incredible golf course. And Spencer, have you played there? I played there once. Shot in the dark. I, I did. Play oh, there. you did? Wow. I did play there. And I think the thing that is funny is they were selling all the Ryder Cup stuff last year uh, and they were still selling it, even though the Ryder Cup had not happened because they had all this 2020 branded Ryder Cup merchandise. So unfortunate situation for them. Didn't stop me from spending $700 in the pro shop, but. Oh, of course. Well, and I would say that's one of the weirder things um, is that they just decided to roll with all the 2020, like everything still says 2020 on it. Like I, I really did the Ryder Cup just cheap out. I don't know if, I don't think golf is in the, the uh, industry of losing money. I mean, I think they're they're doing fairly well. I don't know why they couldn't just have a couple dozen shirts reprinted with the 2021 logo. Um, I say that, and it's like billions of dollars in merchandise that they have cranked out. Maybe not billions, but hundreds of millions of dollars for this shit. Uh, so. Not surprising, but I thought that was kind of corny. Like, come on, just throw 2021 on there. 
Um, it's not 2020. And if it was, uh, I wouldn't be, uh, I, never mind. Uh, if it was still 2020, we'd all be in a much worse spot because 2020 fucking sucked ass. So 2021 is a much better year. We're rolling again with the Ryder Cup. And um, let's just, I mean, first off, we can talk a little bit of gambling. Uh, we'll get into our picks a little bit later, but the U.S. is a resounding favorite once again. And I don't get how odds makers, I mean, I guess they're not necessarily in the business of making odds. They're in the business of getting people to bet either side of it and to get even money on both sides. But they've got the U.S. Uh, minus two ten and Europe minus or plus one ninety. Other way, other way around. Okay, U.S. minus one ninety, Europe plus two ten. Oh no, that's wrong too. Okay, <laughs> just roll with what you're saying. I'm an idiot. What What is it? I it's got to be the other way around because that that one way doesn't make sense in my mind. No, you US gotta have minus minus no, two ten. Minus 210. Let me just look it up here. I'm logging into my DraftKings Sportsbook app. I've already used the promo code DNVR, so I can't use it again. That's for new users only, but make sure you use it. Um, we're going into all sports. We're scrolling down pretty far because golf is really low. It's under Gaelic. The Ryder Cup is on the, below, it's it's on right the top. Under below Gaelic hurling. <laughs> and the US, yeah, USA is minus 190, and Europe is plus 210. Okay. Okay. My fault. But there is a, there is plus 1200 on a tie. So yeah, find when the last time a tie took place at the Ryder cup, because I think it's, it's almost impossible if not nearly impossible at the Ryder cup to have a tie. Um, But anywho, I have no idea how the U S team continues to be favored in this shit when they come out and piss down their leg consistently year after year. Um, I, I know the, the U S has kind of revamped their whole system. These last few years, they've gone to the, the pod system where basically there's, there's 12 players and they put them in the pods of, uh, I want to say, I'm not even quite sure how many players are in each pod, but it's either pods of three or four, and so all these guys kind of rotate within their pod with guys that they're comfortable playing with, which makes sense on paper. Like, you know, you get to decide guys who you're more along the same vibe as and all that. But then they've got a task force. I think that's a little excessive. Like, I and I don't know, maybe this makes me sound dumb, but I it just sounds like a bunch of rah, rah, rah kind of bullshit. You know, like a task force, what are you going to tell them? Go out and and play golf, you know, it, it, I, and I know I'm not that high level of a player, so I probably uh, can't really fully express what it's like to do something like that. But it, at the end of the day, you do your job, everybody else does their job and you take home a trophy, you know, like what, what's so hard to decipher about that. Yeah. They asked, uh, I was listening to Steve Stricker's interview today when he was at the podium and they did ask him about, if he had thought after watching his players play this week together in practice rounds and going out to Whistling Straits and, and testing out the golf course, if he thought his pairings had changed anything, or if he had gone into the Ryder cup before watching them, them get out there on the course 
And if he had a kind of a plan in place of guys he thought was were going to play together and be paired up. And he said, yeah, but he said it it had changed a little bit over the last couple of days. And one thing I was going to ask you, if you were Steve Strigger, the U.S. captain, and um, when you're going into so real quick, the format Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday. So it's three days, Friday and Saturday morning is foursome. And then four ball matches are in the afternoon. So the difference between foursome and four ball foursome, which is like you normally play at the golf course when you have three other players is two players from each team from team Europe and team America, team USA playing against each other in an alternate shot. So, you know, player A is hitting the ball, then player B is hitting that players, then player A hits again, B hits again until the ball is hold. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how it works. Uh, it must be just, I'm guessing it's just every other hole they tee off. Uh, yeah, no, I think it, I think that is correct. They don't do a true, true alternate shot where the player who holds the ball doesn't tee off on the next. I think it, I think they pick which hole or which person starts on the first hole and then they alternate tee shots from there. So yeah, um, that wouldn't surprise t- me with the fact that putts are given and things like that in this match play style format. So, yeah. So that's what they play on Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday they play individuals, uh, which is just straight up match play one V one. And that's usually the most contentious for sure. Obviously coming down the stretch there. And that's where I'd say the most strategy comes in um, is where, you know, you you put certain guys together that like playing together. I wouldn't say it's easy, but, you know, it, it really doesn't matter when they go out. It kind of does. It does a little more on Saturday than it does Sunday, who you think is a stronger team. But the I would say probably one of the toughest parts on Sunday is – or all, all week, I mean, is come Sunday when you have to decide who's going to set the tone for the day, who you send out first – and who you're sending out last, and it it all kind of depends on where your team stands in the Ryder Cup. You know, that's the tough thing is if it's really close, you can afford to put your best guys at the back and kind of go back heavy. But if your team is is down big early, you don't want to be out of it before your heavyweights even get to the back nine, you know. So that's going to be probably the heaviest job for Steve Stricker. Uh, there's a couple other – vice uh or vice captains i guess you could call them co-captains whatever uh that they're kind of task force that's putting together their strategy but i i would say one of the biggest things this week is the u.s is not coming out super cocky they're trying to um not say anything on social media that will directly expose them and and basically they're not trying to give the european tour any bullets and board material by the sounds of it they're trying to keep it fairly uh, generic boilerplate type bullshit and uh, just go out there and hopefully play some good golf. But in years past, they've done that because it seems like they're perennially pretty big favorites. And I would like to see the European, like you go over to Scotland or England or Ireland and look at the odds on the Ryder cup. I bet. Uh, I don't even know if the U S is going to be the favorite over there. I bet it's probably pretty close to even money or, maybe even skewed a little bit in Europe's side because they are going to be bet so heavily over there um, in GB and I that they're, they can't afford to make us 
favorites because everybody's just going to hammer on the European tour team. So both countries or both sides think that their team is going to win. And that's the best thing about this competition is they're going out there looking to whoop each other's ass. Like there is, there is no love lost in this type of competition. Even guys like, I mean, Bryson DeChambeau and, and Brooks Kepka look like they made up on the driving range today. And I, they really didn't make up, but they just were trying not to give the European tour guys something to feed off of, you know, if, if Brooks is playing bad and the spectator says something about Bryson or vice versa, you know, they, they don't want to give him any, any material to use this week. So they're just trying to keep it, keep it fairly straight up and, and really let their golf do the talking, which is going to be nice. Cause in, in past years, I've, I've noticed that they, they love to talk and then they don't fucking show up when it comes to time to golf. So uh, what do you think, Spence? Yeah. Stricker mentioned that in his interview today too. He said, they've been trying to keep it really light and be just have a really good time. He, he said he told the team in their meeting room, in their locker room, whatever you may call it, that they're, they're really just worried about having a good time out there. They've all played a lot of good golf this year, hence why they made it, why they were either his choice or automatically qualified for this event. So he's really trying to keep them, keep them light, keep them loose. They're trying to go to dinners together every night and go to somewhere just low key and not make this a, a big deal because sometimes when you're the favorite of things like the U S has been in years past and really should be, when you look at the rosters and just boil it down to what, what each guy has done on each roster of the Ryder cup team, just like the Solheim cup, you've got when we had four of the top 15 players in the world on this, you know, on the U S Solheim cup team and, and the, you know, and the American European team, Jesus, excuse me. The European team had zero you're when you're a big favorite sometimes it could put some added pressure and i think there's already added pressure every year for the country or world if you will part of the world that is hosting the tournament so this tournament being in wisconsin being in the united states at a place where there's been u.s opens before i think a lot of the americans feel like they really should win this and then of course the fact that they haven't won it in a while and they really want to get back to those those winning ways in front of their home fans, which after not having crowds at golf tournaments for a full year and, and having basically three years removed from a, a crowd at the Ryder Cup, if you guys haven't watched a golf tournament before and you're trying to get into it, there's two tournaments to watch. There's the Waste Management or there's the Ryder Cup. And this one only comes around every two years or so. So make sure you tune in to just check out the crowd and, and see what it's like because it's an electric atmosphere. And I know some people that aren't too into golf are like, ah, you know, like what, what are you talking about? But I can almost bet you that empower field at mile high is going to be just about as lit or if not more or less lit than the Ryder cup, especially on a Sunday in the singles matches when it gets really intense. Oh yeah. And like you touched on uh, the, the Ryder cup is such a, a big pressure thing. I think these guys feel more pressure in the Ryder cup than they do at majors because this is the only event of the year besides, I mean, a few PJ smaller PJ or one smaller PJ tour event where there's somebody else relying on them besides themselves. Like they're playing for their team. And Brooks Koepka actually made a few comments this week about how individualized. And I said it last week, like I, 
I know kind of what I'm talking about, shockingly enough, because I said it last week and Brooks Kepka said it this week, the PGA Tour is so individualized in the way of all these guys have their own camp, their trainers, their um, psychiatrists or their mental doctors, uh, blah, blah, blah. And so they play for their own, their own little squad. They don't play for 18. So this week is a little bit different for the PGA Tour guys versus the European Tour guys. They have a lot more camaraderie. And Rory almost actually got backed into a corner today in a press conference and tried to sneak his way out of it. Um, he said the European Tour team really plays for each other. And those were his words. And a reporter goes, so are you saying the U.S. team doesn't? And he's like, uh, no, I mean, that's just what my experience is. But you can tell that's what he meant. Like the European Tour players play for each other. The U.S. team is already got problems from within. And then they're just more individualized. So it is uh, kind of a big challenge to um, put your team together when there's so many guys who are just playing for themselves 51 other weeks out of the year. So, yeah, I really think Steve Stricker is trying to bring that team team life into the, the United States and somebody, you know, comments can always get misconstrued by what guys say, but in reality, Brooks Kepka was just speaking the truth and we've talked about it on this pod. And if you know golf at all, and, and as I sh- I'm saying, this is, kind of facetiously, but as deeply as we do, Europe and America just play different games growing up. They play different styles of golf courses. They play different ways on the golf course. They learn the game differently. It's just how it is. So, and this, this event, this sort of event always sets up for the Europeans. So I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing what the USA comes out with. Pairings will come out uh, Thursday, which will be exciting. And I, I don't, I'm kind of done with all the Brooks Bryson drama, especially in this. Do we need to pair them together? Should they be paired together? I don't give a shit. Let's just win points. Let's win this Ryder cup. Let's get the USA back on top at home at a great golf course in whistling straits. hundred percent. Well, speaking of whistling straits, um, Spencer. So we've only mentioned it a few times during this podcast. Uh, I'm going to ask you and having played there, only the fourth time mentioned it. Um, give us a few holes to look out for this week. What holes do you think um, could be big turning points, you know, like the big risk and reward holes uh, where there could be some big swings this week? Give us like two or three of them. Well, first of all, I want to say shout out to Whistling Straits for hosting me, having me out there on the PGA rate. Uh, super cheap. Shut brought- up, Riggs. I'm serious. You're like, you're like crying as you're leaving Pinehurst. No, that, get on with it. I'm not that soft, but really uh, for being a course that's hosting the Ryder cup that their, their pro was super cool. Emailed me right back, got me on whatever. Um, but also shout out to Whistling Straits for naming their holes. I, I think I want to do this at the Valley of fun. If we could ever get I, like, just take a day or a couple days and name all the holes, but I don't even know for like what the rules are on that. You know, if you got to be a certain level of golf course, but, I think we make the rules. You just put them on a whole sign and that's what they're called. So yeah, but we could do that tomorrow. I want to do that tomorrow. So um, they have first, well, first of all, one of the tougher holes on the golf course is um, hole number seven. It's called shipwreck. This hole's near and dear to my heart because I almost made a hole in one there. Uh, no big deal. 
I think but, you already mentioned that on the pod, but go on. That's all right. It's a par three. Um, that's, that's a place where it, when you're playing any of the holes that are touching the lake, it, it's daunting. Lake, lake Michigan. If you lake Michigan. Yeah. Spencer's I, I, not great at geography. No, I'm not great at geography, but all right. So some, uh, one hole, I think that's pretty early on at the, in the golf course that will change, um, can change a lot of matches is hole number five. So hole number five is a par five has a badass name. It's called the snake and the name, you know, some of these, sometimes when you go to courses and the holes are named, you're like, Hey, you know, this is, this is kind of cheesy. That's not really, you know, they're just trying to find 18 different names, whatever, but hole number five is a par five and it has an extremely, it basically, it looks like a snake. So you hit it, your, your tee shot, you're looking out to the left and there's all fescue on the right bunkers on the right. And then there's what basically you hit your tee shot there. And there's also a water hazard on the short right of the green or short right of the fairway. You kind of hit it over or just left of that first hazard. And then it's, it's a tough hole to get to in two because you have to basically fully carry all the way to the green on the second shot because you're hitting over a separate water hazard and then there's bunkers. All right. A lot of fescue like everywhere. And it really is a three shot hole for most players with the water running, um, running both ways, essentially on, on both sides of the hole. So it's a long carry. Um, but a lot of guys, if they want to go for it in two and, and some of these longer hitters, if, if they want to try to change a match, I think the fifth hole is where it's going to start out. Okay. What, what's, uh, I, we all know the 18 at, um, whistling straights is a great golf hole. It's a par five that Dustin Johnson famously lost on, on a bit of a caveat where he grounded his club and what he thought was a waste bunker. And it was not. So 18 is going to be a great hole. We'll see how many matches get there this year. Um, hopefully a lot for the U S <laughs> for the U.S.'s sake, because they've been closed out before 18 on quite a few. But, Spencer, give us a hole kind of in the middle or towards the back end of the, the second nine that, that could change a lot of matches. Well, so one of, another one of my favorite holes on the golf course is, is hole number 12. You know, it's kind of not – it's kind of more in the middle of the t- entire golf course, but it's the easiest hole on the course rating-wise, the handicap of 18, and it's called pop-up. And it's a short little par three, but it is one of the tougher greens, if not the toughest green on the golf course. And it, when I played there, the pin was in the front and I had like, I played it. I did not play the tips full disclosure here. I'm not an idiot. Um, It was windy and we started the round with snow on the golf course. So I'm not dumb, but this hole, I only had like a gap wedge and I hit it to like four feet. No big deal. Um, But if there, there's a back right portion of the green that, like most holes at Whistling Straits, it absolutely falls off into the water, cliffs below, stuff like that, where it's it's not that long of a hole, but the green is so challenging that if you don't hit it to the right part of it, first of all, you're hosed. And then if you don't, um, if you don't end up making good contact being short of the green is not great either because chipping up to this impossible looking green, it's, it's large, but it's impossible to read. So I think that's a hole where a lot of players can basically make, you can make a two there, which, you know, gets the crowd going, especially depending upon where they put the flag stick, but you can easily make four or five there in a hurry. So 
Um, and, and the last hole that I think could change a lot of matches if they get there, number 16 is a par five as well. It's called Endless Bite. And it's the shortest par five at Whistling Straits. And it it's one of those holes where it's going to tempt you to hit driver and try to hit it in two. Um, Lake Michigan's running all down the left of it. Once again, Cliff's running all down the left of it. Uh, and the green just kind of falls off in the back. So if you hit it over that green in two, it's pretty much toast. Um, but there's a, a ton of bunkers protecting the right side. And then, like I said, just a straight drop off to the left. And you do have a forced carry on the second shot if you're going straight for the green. So it depends upon if, you know, if you're making, if you're trying to make three there or trying to hit it in two and put pressure on the other team, um, it's, it's a great risk reward hole. Uh, and then you finish with 17, 18, which are two phenomenal golf holes back to back a par three and a par four coming right back into the amazing clubhouse. Oh, 18 is a par four. I thought it was a five. No, I didn't want to call you that for, out for that earlier, but it's a pretty Oh, okay. I'm a dumbass. Um, you said something wrong earlier, but I didn't correct you. So credit to me. Uh, <laughs> okay. So let's real quick, we're going to say who our favorite is and we're going to list the DraftKings Sportsbook odds. If you want to ride us, um, you can't really fade us because there's 10 other players you could bet on. There's not like the opposite side to bet on, so you can't necessarily directly fade us. But we're going to give you our picks for the leading U.S. points getter this week. Win, lose, or draw. So, Spencer, who's your who's your guy this week? So, my guy this week is going to be Dustin Johnson. You mentioned him a little earlier. He almost won a U.S. Open here. Basically, should have won a U.S. Open. Oh, that's what it was. It was a PGA Championship. You got that wrong. Or it was a PGA Championship. Yeah, that's what you got wrong. Okay, now I corrected you on it. You're welcome. All right. Two times and you can't (laughs) anymore. Um, No, but so, yeah, the PGA Championship here. Dustin Johnson should have won that. He didn't because of a technicality, one of those other dumb golf rules that we all have to deal with, unfortunately. And so he is plus 700 um, to be the top point scorer for the United States of America. So I'm going to go Dustin Johnson as the top point scorer at plus 700. I, yeah, I don't mind that. I think he has a decent record in the Ryder Cup. Um, I'm going to ride with Patrick Cantlay. Obviously kind of an on-the-nose pick. He's playing the best golf in the world coming off probably the best month of golf anybody's had all year made a cool 15 milli but what i saw from that dude on the putting green just just his mentality around the golf course the last two weeks of the the fedex cup playoffs i don't know if those can be replicated that's something you're born with that's not something you can develop and he's just got that stoic um, shoot you in the heart kind of look in his eye like I don't give a shit what you do I'm going to go out there and dominate and so I'm riding with Patrick Cantley plus 750 as the top points getter and neither of us pick favorites credit to us because we always pick favorites and they never fucking turn out so um, we're riding kind of middle of the pack we're not taking crazy uh, crazy dogs like Scheffler or anything by the way which Scheffler should have a good week this golf course is a great setup for him. He's used to the win. You know, they always bring up, oh, we played at Texas, blah, 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 like all the conditions. But Stricker did say it was one of the, the factors and why he picked Scheffler because Scheffler knows how to control his ball fight in the wind. Uh, just a really great young player. So it's going to be fun to watch him. But 
Uh, we're riding Max Homa and DJ this week, so ride us or fade us. Either Not way. Max Homa. Oh, fuck. Max Who did Homa. I say? Scotty? Sh- nope. No. Oh, it's going off the rails. We should probably just end it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got Dustin Johnson. I've got Patrick Cantlay. There we plus go. 700, plus 750. Um, I don't know if they'll let you parlay those, but we can make you a grip. Well, there's only one winner. I'm a dumbass. Good wow, good yeah. night. Good night, Jim Kite. The this Tito's is not so bad. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to toss in one more bet for you. The top rookie point scorer, on a, there's a lot of them um, from Team USA. Scotty. Yep, Scotty. Scotty is top top rookie point scorer. He's at plus 550 and top rookie overall point scorer. He's plus eight hundred. So I'm going to toss a little, a little nugget on a, a each sprinkle. of those. A little sprinkle, sprinkle me down. <laughs> All right, we got to go. This is bad. This is bad. It's late for us. We got up early. <laughs> Um, but appreciate you guys all listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore golf, as well as our TikTok DNVR underscore golf. I am at big drive Spence. He is a big drive Mitch until next time. We'll talk to you guys, hopefully with a USA team Ryder cup, lifting the trophy after a lit weekend at whistling straits. Peace. Peace. <laughs>